Okay, so that whole game was trash, but it just started off all weird and everything. To be honest, whenever I watch a team play, I always, like, based on effort, I always look at rebounds. And granted, I feel like the Pelicans did not miss a shot in the first half, but I think at one point, the Kings were out-rebounded 29-9. For them to be missing a couple people and for them just to come in and just do everything better than us um, from start to finish is just unacceptable. So, yeah, just embarrassing for these guys. At this point... They just have a psychological advantage. This is all psychological. They've actually beat lengthy athletic teams. But for whatever reason, this Pels team has the Kings number. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings cast. It's daily. Along with my co-pilots, Naima and Elizabeth. What's going on? What's up? Hello. First quarter, Fox starts off the Kings offense with a three. And let me just add, this was his only field goal of the game. So you already know where this is headed. Pelicans go up 20 to nine. And I started getting that weird feeling at the bottom of my heart that kind of stayed there for the next two hours. Domas gets an end one from the give and go with Malik Monk. Sasha Vazenkov checks in and hits a three. Uh, Our friend Emmy is ecstatic, I am sure. Sasha then gets an easy layup with the two-man game with Domas. Pelicans up 35-21. Kings Twitter is already panicking, as they should. Second quarter, Kings move the ball around and find Sasha for an easy layup. That was one bright spot in this second quarter. HB, Domas, and Herter all hit threes. Monk hit two threes. Hells up 25 points to end the half. And some notes here before I let my co-pilots speak and react to this wonderful first half. Pelicans had the rebounding advantage 33-12. to 12. Their three-point percentage was at 56%. Kings were at an average 34%. Field goal percentage, Hells, 63%. And the Kings shot at 39% from the field. Naima, Elizabeth, let's commiserate. Okay, so that whole game was trash, but it just started off all weird and everything. To be honest, whenever I watch a team play, I always, like, based on effort, I always look at rebounds. And granted, I feel like the Pelicans did not miss a shot in the first half, but I think at one point, the Kings were out-rebounded 29-9. And, like, that's just, in my opinion, most of the time, it's just effort, not just playing as hard. And the Pelicans just wanted it more, in my opinion. There's... There wasn't much to, like, say in that first half. Um, I feel like whenever Fox doesn't really do – I know he plays, like, extremely well in the second half as well, but whenever he doesn't start off that well uh, in the game and everything, it kind of sets the tone uh, for the game. I mean, Domas got his double-double and everything, but that was just brutal to watch. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing good to say about the first half. Um, I mean, I guess we could – you know, field some positive stuff about the second half. But, I mean, I just don't understand. You play a team four freaking times and twice has been on our home court, and we've gotten blown out by a combined of, like, I think 69 points (laughs) by this team on our home floor. I just don't understand. And we've lost to them four different times. Um, I mean, it's very concerning. Uh, 
when you can't figure out a team and I get there, you know, they have the link, they have all that, but I mean, they were missing, you know, two of their most important players in Zion Williamson, who absolutely has been destroying us. And then I think Jose Alvarado is obviously a major piece to their team as well. So for them to be missing a couple people and for them just to come in and just do everything better than us um, from start to finish is just unacceptable. So yeah, just embarrassing for these guys. Yeah, and, and I don't even want to do the whole, oh, you know, the, the Pels are strong when we're weak. And, and you know all of our talking points from previous episodes where we lost to the Pels, the length, the athleticism. I'm tired of saying that. At one point or another during this season, the message has to get through to the players. Uh, let's play with urgency. A few days ago, the UCLA Bruins lost uh, one of their games. And the assistant coach had to do a press conference at the post-presser. And they were talking about one of the players, one of the European players who just didn't have a good game. And it was a day Mara Mata. And the assistant coach goes, well, he feels like this is a game. And we all know this is a game, but it's not a game. And you have to play it as such. You know what I mean? And so when you lose to a team three times in a row, this game that they played tonight, this is more than a game now. You have to like seriously show that you could actually beat this team at this point they just have a psychological advantage this is all psychological they've actually beat lengthy athletic teams but for whatever reason this Pels team has the king's number but we're going to move forward stroll 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 third quarter De'Aaron has a single field goal so far kings go scoreless for three minutes near the end cj mccollum has a 30 piece at this point Tells up 42 points. Congrats to them. Fourth quarter, even Katie and Mark Jones are sarcastic at the start. Like they're joking around. Hey, this thrilling game where the Pels are up 42 points. Like it was like that. Uh, but I will say, hey, bright spots. Keon Ellis and Kevin Herter, they actually give the Golden One crowd something to cheer about. Uh, Herter has 15 points with four minutes to go at that point. Kessler Edwards hits two threes. But the Pels win. 133 to 101. Hey, we got the score down from 40 to 32 points. So that's a plus. Some notes. Sasha Vizenkov got 11 points, although he was only one uh, for five from three. Uh, most of his points came from tip-ins and layups, backdoor cuts. Um, still a good game from him. Good showing. Uh, our friend Malik Monk was only two for nine from the field. And then Fox was one for 10. Uh, it is what it is. We're going to lick our wounds. And uh, before we get up on the road, Elizabeth, Naima, thoughts? I'm just going to say um, Alex Lynn, I don't know why he was taken out of the rotation. Uh, he needs to be playing more. And uh, Keon Ellis needs to start uh, backing up De'Aaron Fox. Um Unfortunately, Davion's time as a Sacramento King uh, is going to be up sooner rather than later. Um, but shout out to the bench. I believe if my calculations were correct, we were down 50 at one point. So the fact that the bench came in and only lost um, by 33, uh, shout out to them because that's just embarrassing to get blown out um, by 50 fucking points. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, they have to forget about this fucking loss and figure it out. But uh yeah, they can't uh, keep allowing these losses. 
because every loss so far that we've pretty much had this season has been like 15 or more points. So yeah, just get it out of your mind onto the next one. Just don't fucking lose in Detroit. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, just like you said, Liz, this loss is put in the back of your mind, go on this road trip and like do what you have to do. Um, it was nice to see like the bench coming in and like hitting shots, especially like Keon Ellis. I hope he starts playing more. I don't know why again, like he fell out of the rotation as well. There's Alex. I think they would make a difference and everything. I'm not going to question, obviously, Coach Brown. Right? He knows what he's doing and everything. But um, the rotations have been kind of weird, especially when you're down like 20-something and you're still keeping the same lineup in there. But, yeah, it was nice um, to see Kessler Edward in there as well and Sasha as well. But, yeah, you know, bad loss against the Pelicans again. But, you know, just got to move on and, you know, come out with effort next game and you know show that you actually want to win too bad we couldn't have been talking about a, a better game but it is what it is um we got it handed to us and uh i'm not really gonna sit here and cry about it it's it's a shame and we got whooped up but um just a few things that are uh probably going to continue to kill us is when this team um doesn't play inside out that's when we're losing by 30, 40 um, because you shoot so many three pointers and you're relying so heavy. And if you miss eight or nine in a row without putting any pressure on the paint, it's just so easy for a team to gain confidence against you because it's just that, that basketball God thing we talk about, you take a, you know, not the highest quality shot three pointer and it's, you know, really takes the pressure off the other team. Um, and uh, credit to the Pelicans. They're a huge reason why we didn't do that. Um, Ty made a pretty good point. When you have a big guy on um, Fox and then you have a paint protector like Valanchunas, it really is hard for Fox to um, do it all, especially if his shot isn't dropping early. They can kind of go under screens on him. So, um, you know, might talk about a little bit later, but if we are looking for another another person that can attack the rim, you know, when, and take a little bit of pressure off Fox. Cause um, when you do play a long team, it, it, it is tough. Um, it's hard getting into your rotations and uh, the offense we usually run is just a, you know, a few steps behind its normal self. But um, as far as De'Aaron Fox struggling, I think that was his second bad game of the year. Um, and so I'm really, I'm fine with that. Uh, He's taken his game to an extreme level that I never thought he would. Three years ago, I was telling myself, I don't even know if Fox will ever have a jump shot. I mean, I love the guy to death. He's fast. He gets to the hoop, but not even sure if he has a jump shot. Last year, develops a mid-range, becomes a top mid-range scorer in the NBA, um, probably the best and the best fourth quarter scorer in the NBA. Comes back this year takes his defense to a whole nother level, learns how to shoot a three-pointer. Um, just seems like he's so focused on becoming a better basketball player. So last guy on the team I'm going to worry about. Um, he, he had a bad game. Um, as far as Mike figuring out the rotations, he came in this year with about, let's see, you had Fox and Sabonis as your two guys, and those are like your standard you know, not going to mess with them. They're always going to get their minutes. Then you had Murray, who's 
going to always get his minutes because he's your best prospect. Um, but beyond that, there's there's a huge uh, or excuse me, there's a very tight margin from like four to 11 or 12. You have guys like Barnes and Herter who have proven it for years. Um, obviously, Herter is having his struggles. But if you look at his resume, he's been a 40 percent uh, three point shooter his whole career. So. Yeah, he's slumping right now, but he has proven it for a while. So he's going to be in the top of the rotation. But when you look at guys like Duarte and, you know, Davion and, you know, I'd even like to see somebody like Colby Jones and Kessler Edwards get a minute. Um, Sasha, you know, Barnes is he's our horse, so he's obviously going to get his. But when you get beyond four or five and without Monk, you have six or seven guys who are they're all fighting for a position. So I think what Mike's doing is he's taking the early season and maybe we're taking a couple of licks because the rotations are a little weird, but he's figuring it out and he he'd rather figure it out early than, you know, coming down in a crunch time before the playoffs. So I think he does this for another 25 games, maybe even until the all-star break until he really locks in a lineup and then he says, okay, these are my nine guys. And this is who we're going forward with. Um, somebody like JaVale McGee getting a bunch of minutes. To me, that smells like he might get moved. Um, there's no good reason why he would be a, ahead of Alex Len unless it was a conditioning thing. Because I think Alex Len is the backup center moving forward. Um, and as far as big picture, um, the Pelicans are in year five with Brandon Ingram. Um, the, the Kings are still in year one, you know, basically year and a half with Fox and Sabonis. So, um, as much as we'd like to be where the Pelicans are and be as good as them there, I think they're a better team than us right now. They've done more with the front office. They had more, um, assets. So if we want to scream at Monty, it's, it's unfair. They, um, they were able to, um, trade a huge piece and Anthony Davis get a bunch of assets did really good in the draft for three or four years. Um, so credit to them, but they're ahead of schedule with us. So to compare with them, I don't really think um, that's fair for us to do um, as much as we'd like to be there. I give them their credit. They've been building for three or four years. And a couple years ago when they, um, I can't remember the playoff series they lost, but, they lost a seven-game series uh, a few years ago, and you could see the heartbreak on the team and kind of the resiliency and the bounce back, and um, that's what happened to us last year. Um, and you kind of just take your licks and you slowly build. Um, so credit to them. They got something really nice cooking, and you know anything can happen in the NBA. You even look at them last year. They kind of had a down year, um, but they're putting it together right now. Um, and last thing, as far as Monty, um, People saying they want to move made right now. I mean, I want to move made for a better player, but there has to be something out there that's worth doing. It has to be a winning move. Um, you can't just say, let's make a trade to try and compete with these teams that are two, three years ahead of us. Because Monty doesn't have the assets that a lot of these teams have had. And if he goes out recklessly and trades couple first round picks and it doesn't work out we don't really have a move after that except maybe blowing this thing up and trading a guy like fox because 
the rest of the guys aren't going to get you the returns you really need. So, yeah, I want a move to be made, but I, I would be careful what you wish for. And if there's a winning move out there to be made for a nice long wing that can score the basketball, then go ahead and do it. But if not, we might just have to make some small little moves and try and uh, be one of the top six teams and you know, build another notch in our armor and just become stronger as a team. Um, and maybe we l- lose in the first round again, or maybe we lose in the play-in, but just keep building, keep trying to, you know, get better each year. And let's try and make this like a, a four or five year thing, like the Pelicans or like some of the, you know, the Timberwolves, some of these teams have been doing instead of just trying to go all in right now to compete. I say we just keep building and, uh, got our ass kicked tonight but it's just one game this team's still really good and uh yeah yeah that's basically my thoughts oh well said ross and i'm glad you stuck to our talking points that we've had all season long that it's all about a long game um and you stuck to the idea that championship teams aren't built overnight um most of the time you look at anybody who's won a championship in the past five ten years uh they've usually taken four to six years to build minus LeBron's bubble championship. You bring LeBron in, you're usually almost an instant contender if you get the roster right. So yeah, I'm sorry. Thumbs down. I know, but it's facts though, isn't it? I'm just saying. So let's go over the talking points from today's conversation. We are going to allow Fox and Monk some grace. Uh, Our two stars or two of our three stars. uh, They're going to have some, bad games it happens we know what they're capable of uh and i'm totally fine with that we all know what our weakness is i don't want to go over that again um and then we all know that it's all about the big picture championship teams take years to build uh and no one said in their right mind anybody who watches basketball and has an ounce of knowledge nobody said the kings are favored to win the championship nobody thinks of us as contenders Um, and I know there are some homers out there that feel like we could win the championship this year. Please don't do that to yourself. Don't set yourself up for disappointment. And then we can all agree that it's not necessarily the talent on why the Kings lost this game. I think it's more that the Pelicans have a psychological edge and hopefully this team can break through. We have one more chance to go against the Pelicans this season. So we'll see what happens then. Uh, Also, let me just say this. I was going to say, so it, would it come to a point where we wouldn't mind seeing our guy, uh, excuse me, our guys kind of get that risk between uh, here and All-Star break? Uh, I think I heard Katie say something about De'Aaron uh, at the end of the game, him being, you know, winded, and we may see him sit out. So uh, would anybody be opposed to, hey, maybe we go 500 through the next 20 games? You know, that's not bad. But if we can have our guys arrested and uh, we can uh, cut it back on, uh, cut the fucking Jets back on right around, you know, playoff time, you know, a month before playoff time, something like that. I don't think that would be a bad thing. Yeah, no, seriously. I think because Darren is playing at such a high level, he's expanded more energy. And I think because he has a three-point shot now, it's kind of like he's had to take more shots uh, than Herter or Barnes. He's kind of taken away their three-point shots. So I think it may be a case of just them being a little bit out of rhythm because De'Aaron does so much more now. And it's not his fault. 
it's De'Aaron. So it's like you're going to want him to take eight to nine three-point shots a game because he could actually hit them. He was like shooting at, what, 40%. So that's crazy to me, and, and it's great. But at the same time, he's expending a lot more energy day in, day out. So, yeah, like Katie was saying on the broadcast, he's looking worn down. And uh, we can't expect Monk to go Super Saiyan Monk all the time either, uh, it, which is why I, I disagree. Uh, somebody said, yeah, I don't think we would have won with Siakam. It's not a matter, matter of winning because we have Siakam or I- I another star caliber player. It, it's about having another weapon on the floor that the defense has to worry about. So if all you have to worry about is De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, your best defender is on De'Aaron Fox, whereas everybody else could take our lower usage players. And that just makes it difficult for De'Aaron. But if you have another person that is a major threat that they could actually put their best defender on, whereas De'Aaron could have a lesser defender or vice versa, they could play off that, this would have been a much closer game. So it is what it is. Ross, what's up? Um, I really agree with that. Um, kind of shows the weakness, but also the potential of this lineup because I think we're like the sixth um, best net rating for a starting lineup out of all the teams in the NBA. And um, if we're being 100, it's not because the starting lineup is because Fox and Savonis. Uh, Keegan has been good, and I don't want to underrate his uh, defensive importance this year, but he's been struggling on offense. and. Barnes is, you know, our fifth option and really low. Um, his shooting numbers are incredible, actually. He's got he's shooting a 62% true uh, shooting percentage, which is actually incredible. Uh, Domas is shooting 63, for example. But Herter and Murray are, you know, struggling, and we're still sixth um, as far as starting lineup. So it really shows um, the potential. You know, if we do make – a move and get some, you know, more production in the starting lineup with Fox and Sabonis being this good, you could turn it around really fast. So yeah, definitely a lot more to work from with here. I appreciate that. Thank you, Ross. And, and yeah, this team is 600, which is actually pretty damn amazing. And, and I'm going to say it's off the backs of Domas's upgrades. He's shooting Dirk Nowitzki fadeaways. Now he has a mid range game now. Does he go to that all the time? No, I wish he would do that more. Uh, it's on the upskills of De'Aaron Fox shooting threes now at roughly 40% and, and doing so many other things. It's on the back of Monk being way more consistent off the bench, uh, putting up six-man-of-the-year numbers, and it's definitely off the back of Egan Murray's upgraded defense. So there are so many good things going on about this team uh, we're not going to let this loss get us down too much. Yeah, it does suck. Let's admit that. I'm not going to be toxically positive and be like, no, we're okay, and we're still contenders. No, we're not. But, you know, uh, we're on the up and up. And so I'm not truly worried about it. Yeah, I'm all, I'm with you on that uh, daily. Like, I'm not worried. I'm not going to hit the panic button and everything. Like you said, it sucks to lose by that much um, and everything because lack of effort and maybe some starters just not playing as well as they could be. But, yeah, you know, next game, just hopefully we can get back on that uh, win column. And, yeah, I think everyone will stop panicking after we get a win. 
On to the next one. And shout out to my co-hosts for uh, taking their time to be here. You guys are the best. We're out of here. Go enjoy your Sunday. Uh, Take care. Good day. Good night. And light the beam.